Welcome to TMP34, this time about uh, Package Builder Continued. After the great success of the two, three-year-old episode about uh, package building, we thought it's a good idea to re-record with what's new in package building. And for that, we first had to buy new hardware, etc. So it took a bit longer, but now finally we are here. And we also had to build a few new features. I have the pleasure today um, to welcome Markus and Philippe here on board. Um, yeah, Markus, uh, may you introduce yourself yeah. shortly? Yeah, I'm Markus Zahn. I'm the responsible uh, architect for the topic of the TM load planning, uh, what includes the package builder. Uh, and today I'm very, very keen on explaining uh, what we've done. And hello, I'm Felipe Hernandez. Um, I'm also a developer in the same team as Marcus. Um, I've been around here for a little bit over three years and um, I've been developing also parts um, of the package builder functionalities also surrounding the interface to the optimizer. And I'm also keen uh, on on being part of this podcast. Ah, so keen on then, huh? So keen. let's get started. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, we had that episode uh, a few years ago. And I think the first question is, why do we need another one? So what's new? And I think one uh, thing that uh, significantly changed is where the package builder can be consumed, so to say, or used. Is that right? Yes, uh, this is definitely right. But I think we will not only have one podcast because we've <laughs> done so much. Yep. Uh, so I think the goal today is uh, more or less to give an overview. Mm -hmm. And from my perspective, basically um, two things have changed a lot. So the first thing uh, that Bernd has asked for is uh, who's actually leveraging the functionality mm -hmm. of the package builder. Um so, I mean, from an application point of view, so SAP transportation management, there's a, at least one new uh, process consuming uh, the package builder. So, in the past, uh, before TM 9.6 and the S4 1809, uh, the package builder was only called during the freight unit building. So, it actually created full or mixed pallets uh, only for a customer order. Uh, and represented this directly in the freight unit. Um, working very well for some... Sounds good, so what's yeah. wrong with that? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> working very well for um, TM customers not consolidating. So uh, as soon as you tackle uh, low volume scenarios, so low order quantity mm -hmm. uh, scenarios, um, our customers are forced to consolidate goods of multiple customers together on to a mixed pallet to simply utilize their resources better. So this is a major a new consumer, so big changes for the TM process. But what I also have to mention is uh, the package builder in the meanwhile, since the uh, last podcast for the package building is also consumed by the SAP Extended Warehouse Management. This is available since uh, 9.5 and it's also available on the S4 side in 1809. Yes. So the package builder, just to um, 
get the picture, it's sitting in, not directly in TM, but it's uh, in a common basis, right? And it's the same package builder in EWM and TM? Or maybe can you elaborate a bit on that? So what's... Yes, I mean, th mm -hmm. this, uh, mm -hmm. this was a major decision that we took uh, when we started the topic. We always said uh, package building is not a core competency of the transportation management itself, but we have foreseen that there will be other users uh, like the extended warehouse management, but... Um, Talking about consumers of the package builder, uh, what we also have running now is a so-called load utilization determination that can, of course, uh, also be consumed uh, from the sales order. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is not available in standard. The component itself, yes, but the integration into the sales order. But the use case here would be as soon as you have entered a sales order line item that you get automatically out of this functionality information, how well is my pallet utilized or mm. even one uh, level above, how well are my resources utilized. So this is basically a combination of the package builder and the load planning that is available in TM, but it's not bound to TM business documents. So this is mm -hmm. also one, one important thing. And to enable this, uh, to go back to the decision that we took, uh, it was implemented in the SCM basis that is below the TM and in the EWM and on the S4 side uh, from an architecture point of view, it doesn't matter anyway from where we are called. So yes, mm -hmm. it's in the reuse layer. So to leverage at as many spots as possible and to always work on the same master data and on the same uh, constraints for the package building. Okay, so um, to summarize, so the package builder is still sitting in the, in the, in the basis, but now it's not only consumed, uh, it's still uh, possible to consume it from freight unit building? Or? Yeah, sure. sure. Okay. <laughs> oh, I never know. Uh, okay, and additionally, you can now also consume it for freight orders? That's right. right. Yeah. For all types of capacity documents. Okay, so yeah. also for container units and also for trailer units. But yes. Right. Yeah. I should have said uh, freight documents as well. <coughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Correct. And um, maybe can you explain, but you already said this is relevant uh, if the, um, let's say the freight unit is not um, large enough uh, for, for a pallet uh, as such. Are there other scenarios that you kind of, I don't know, mix? Uh, freight units between pallets or maybe are there other reasons to to do that let's say outside freight unit building yeah so um, basically mm -hmm. it's always i mean if the, if the order is too small mm -hmm. to fill a pallet um, the customer has to make the decision and typically such orders end up in non-stackable pallets mm -hmm. so he has to make the decision do i reconsolidate stuff together to fill the pallet space and I mean if you imagine that um, for example in Australia you have a very very long transportation uh, between your factory and where you deliver to mm -hmm. uh, if you then only transport very badly utilized pallets you consume a lot of pallet spaces in the resource and you have to pay a lot of transportation costs so especially in scenarios where you have long transportations to the customer uh, it is very reasonable to save as mu much uh, yeah I would say transportation capacity and to uh, utilize this as good as possible because then you can balance out the handling effort for that and the transportation costs. Okay. So uh, a typical uh, setup in that new scenario would be maybe if you go through, let's say, the document uh, chain. So you start with uh, yeah, orders, let's say sales order, stock transfer order, 
any limitations on that side? No, the, no. The, any any. As long as trade units can be created, that can then be utilized later on. Okay, so it's possible for let's side by side scenarios. It's possible for embedded. It's as soon as we have a tier queue or transient tier queue, then we are good to go. Okay, so we built the freight units, and then you could already decide to do some uh, package building in here as classical. Uh, I think there's also a new mode, right? Kind of like a simulation mode for that. Uh, we are doing in freight unit building when we call the package builder. We have the possibility in the freight unit building rule to. Um, Uh, have a setting called um, estimate where we would not uh, we would uh, call the package builder but we would not persist the result so hmm. we would just get out what the uh, probable capacity uh, needs to be the for those freight units and that would be that information would be persisted but the package items themselves would not be okay and why would i do that um, because we want later to be able to consolidate those uh, orders anyway. If we would create them already as, as pellets, then uh, for small order quantities, we would finalize that and we would have the small pellet and would have no potential for consolidation later on in the in the process when we plan them to a capacity document. Okay. And by still running uh, the package builder, Uh, for those freight units in that simulation mode, I would get like estimated uh, footprints or... Right, so there is uh, one of the new features that have been implemented mm -hmm. is the possibility to define uh, so-called footprint values or normalized um, quantities where we can define via several methods what uh, the expected footprint would be for a product if I would plant it. So it would be a fraction of, a, of such a normalized quantity. It can be, for example, a, a pellet. And uh, by getting those values, we can then have them as input for VSR optimization and uh, therefore then um, select the, the best uh, possible um, uh, resource to plant it by having already more information about the likely uh, pellet footprint of that freight unit. Yeah, sure, okay. because mm -hmm. otherwise uh, we wouldn't be able to, to have, I mean, it's not a, a perfect um, estimate. You would mm. not get a perfect result, but it will be more closer to reality mm -hmm. and uh, would decrease the amount of, of overutilized or underutilized capacity documents that you have okay. because you know more or less, okay, um, this, uh, for example, this product usually ends up um, getting into a, a certain amount of pellets and mm -hmm. it's better than, or than nothing of or a fraction. Yes, okay. sure. yeah, so, the, so, mm. so the key planning decision that we still have in TM is a decision about the routing and the scheduling. Mm -hmm. So this is always leading. So uh, which resource to pick up for a certain set of transportation demands mm -hmm. and the mixed package building is not integrated into that optimization engine because this would uh, have a massive impact on the runtime. Mm -hmm. So the mixed pallet building is uh, a process step that is happening after the routing decision. So may it be manual mm -hmm. or may it be using the VSR optimizer. So the main challenge in this project was to give the right information either to the planner or either to the optimizer doing the VSR, how pellets could look like after the consolidation hmm. so because you simply don't know at that process step which freight units go together so it doesn't make any sense to persist the 
pallet or package items already in the freight unit because this stuff is not going to be transported uh, in that combination anyway because you are in the consolidation. And very important to mention is that, of course, uh, we still support all of the old processes. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is uh, this is now something new. So uh, the, the default setting is that if you activate the package building in the freight unit building, the items get persisted. Mm -hmm. It's working like before, but you now have the option to start a real consolidation process after the routing has happened. Because you have mm -hmm. to know there there are so many constraints. Um, and even looking uh, besides the fact that you could have in a consolidation uh, orders from multiple customers, which are not considered during a freight unit building run, there are even more constraints that uh, need to be um, considered, such as um, incompatibilities. And if you are using also the new feature of of the of uh, using the optimizer to build physically correct mixed pellets, then you have also all the constraints that that, that the optimizer can handle. And uh, without having the whole picture, you you will not have a, an exact picture of um, of what the final pellets will look like at that stage. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I think we come a little soon uh, also <laughs> to the optimization uh, aspects and, and constraints could be considered. Uh, maybe I just wanted to come back. You mentioned that we now have the normalized quantities. I think that's anywhere worth an episode in, in its own. But um, so the idea is that we have more, I mean, so far the um, pellet equivalence has been stored in pieces, pieces two or quantity and additional quantity is the UI name of it. Um, and now we introduced uh, a new uh, dedicated quantity for that. Is that right? Yes, this uh, is right. Mm -hmm. uh, and the purpose of this additional information is that, I mean, to state it very clear, that after the VSR optimizer has picked the resource, taking the example, the truck has a yeah, capacity mm -hmm. of 10 pallet spots, mm -hmm. that the VSR optimizer assigns as many freight units to that freight order using this resource that after the consolidation package building exactly 10 pallets are the result mm -hmm. and can be load planned. Mm -hmm. So a result of 11 would not be too good because mm -hmm. you have one too much and you have uh, manual rework mm -hmm. and nine would also not be very good because you have uh, an unutilized mm -hmm. pallet spot and you would actually be able to put more onto the truck okay so and the normalized quantity is the tool to help the vsr optimizer to pick the right resources okay and that one it's called normalized because it's kind of normalizing between different types of pellets or is it a normal pellet or what what uh? i mean also you could um for example Define another kind of measure mm -hmm. some customers like to use loading heaters to mm -hmm. Um, define how a, a truck should be utilized mm -hmm. and by uh, implementing such units of measure then uh, it can be um, it can be displayed like that okay so the idea is that you kind of if you have different sizes of pallets yep. uh, or so correct this is then okay you can It, it can also be a wholly abstract unit of measure. It does not have to correspond to a physical. Mm. It just needs to represent a, 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 an accurate picture of the utilization possibilities of the truck. Okay. Yeah, but especially yeah. for scenarios where you combine, for example, let's say a standard pallet in Europe, maybe a Euro pallet uh, with a pallet cage 
or maybe in Australia, a chat palette together with a cool box mm. that you in the planning uh, cannot foresee the combination of those target palette types uh, and that you normalize them before to again give mm. the VSR optimizer, let's say a normalized input that he can better um, yeah, foresee does all of this stuff go together uh, then during the consolidation package mm. building, but also in the load planning. Okay. I'll say that's good to know. So to, to summarize, so in the freight unit building step, uh, you can go, let's say, the classic way and already in case you have the knowledge and enough quantity, so to say, and no reason or chance to combine stuff from different freight units onto a pallet, then you could do that easily in the uh, freight unit building already. Then otherwise you can, okay, you can, you can also skip that skip uh, step altogether, I assume, right? Or uh, you could get an estimate of how about this, let's say how likely it is that it's mm -hmm. uh, Correct. half a pallet or normalized pallet so to say okay That's and philippe can know. maybe add uh, a few uh, things about the exclusive uh, right right yes. mm -hmm. um, yeah, okay, yeah, so uh, marcus already mentioned some consumers of the package builder and uh, one of those is um, also the um PUB, as uh, we like to call it, is the package unit uh, builder, which creates actually um, package units. We haven't talked about package units. We can now, for right. now say <laughs> there are pallets. Yeah. Well. Um, also, as a step to um, to improve the accuracy of the planning results, because um, while we cannot say for sure how um, uh, certain products might be consolidated later on, um, we can say uh, for some of them that they will end up in a separate pallet mm -hmm. and uh, that uh, that flag or that uh, property is the customer exclusive flag right because some customers uh, some some shippers when we want to ship to, to customers know that certain customers want uh, their products on a separate pallet so uh, by knowing that uh, we can include a step uh, right after freight unit creation where we make sure that uh, for those products or for those freight units where we know that we have uh, customer mm -hmm. exclusive uh, a property set we can create um, the pallets for that and they will be then considered uh, exactly as they will end up in the truck as a as a already created um, consumption quantity okay i see and why wouldn't i just create a, a let's say freight unit a pallet freight unit for that so why would i uh, create a separate uh, pallet uh, in in that case for that uh Or, or I may rephrase my question. So I, as I understood mm -hmm. you, I have a freight unit. Mm -hmm. And on that freight unit level, I have the separate pallet flag. And um, let's say in the old world, I would say, okay, let's, instead of a freight unit, build a package unit. Okay, in the old world, we wouldn't have a package unit when <laughs> we come to that. But let's say, get my point. So why yeah, would yeah, I? Sure. Because, hmm? I mean, uh, you can have several orders from mm -hmm. the same customers. And maybe uh, if you would just create one for one freight unit, you would not have enough um, products to fill a pallet. So by doing that, we can actually consolidate um, from several orders. Um, products that are going to the same customers because that's the, our criteria. We want to group together um, products that are going to the same customer. Ah, I see. So, and I would mm -hmm. like to add something. Sure. I mean, um, this um, separate pallet indicator mm -hmm. can have, from a business point of view, um, the background that it's really a customer requirement. Mm -hmm. So the customer wants it always, but it can, from the other perspective, also help you 
when delivering the stuff to the customer. So imagine a customer not having the power to say, I would like to uh, receive all of my goods on a separate pallet, mm -hmm. but you have a customer that ordered on a specific day a lot of items. Mm -hmm. And in consolidation package building, all of those items would be distributed um, following the product grouping mm -hmm. over, let's say in an example, over 10 pallets. Mm -hmm. But the planner can manually say mm -hmm. that I mm -hmm. can see from a volume or weight or normalization perspective, mm -hmm. this freight unit or these freight units to this customer include so much stuff that uh, I can save my driver the time to search for the mm. stuff so he can manually overwrite the setting, create the package uh, units like uh, Philippe has described and improve the overall balancing. And this is one important thing that we have learned over the last mm. uh, yeah, months or years that we have always been very focused on balancing between transportation and warehousing. So, The warehouse builds the mixed pallets. Mm -hmm. The transport tries to utilize the resources very well. But from the last customer project, we have learned that there's the third aspect of the delivery efficiency. Mm -hmm. So how, when picking all of those items, how long does it take the delivery guy to take off those those things? So this okay. is the second business uh, mm. background for, for, for this okay. functionality. And that means the separate customer flag is kind of a, like a default value, which I could then override. Mm -hmm. And then let's say if, for a group of freight units having that attributes, I could say, okay, now go, dear, PU, PP, so the, this, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> of course, there's also the constraint that the uh, stop sequence or the location mm -hmm. sequence needs to be the same. Otherwise, they won't be put together. Okay. And lastly, I mean, at that stage, we are, have also uh, left it to the customer if they have other criteria criteria um, mm. where they want to group together mm. packaging is already at this stage to, to create more accuracy they could enhance uh, the, the, the displays and uh, implement their own logic to, to yeah. group together uh, very important thing um, I mean in standard we currently only support the exclusive palette indicator mm. uh, on the documents but for example if a customer has a very specific product set where he says I would rather combine those things so whenever he can make the decision upfront before the VSR and he knows that those things will go together to uh, let's say yeah map them already in a real palette yeah. gives the VSR a better input to mm -hmm. do the right routing decision okay so we have foreseen that there will be future yeah adjustments to that package unit creation but for now we only work on one field but mm. uh, give the customer the option to do with the other groups what he likes okay so we already used now the package unit which is a result of mm -hmm. that uh, um, early package or the, the, um, this customer exclusive flag evaluation mm -hmm. or even more evaluation um, maybe can we spend some words on the let's say semantic so what is it's a unit okay we already had like trailer units container units so that sounds familiar I think so you would be the best person to yes. talk about ah, the semantic yeah, of the package unit ah, okay you got me now okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should okay then <laughs> okay Marcus you asked for the package unit I can explain <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the, the idea of the package unit uh, is, is basically like the other units. Like trailer unit is a that says a digital twin of a pallet. So, so that's the idea. So that is not not for of the one or several. 
one right. or several, and we prefer one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's say in, in the most cases, uh, I think it's um, the equivalent of one pallet or maybe a set of pallets, let's say, traveling together end to end, similar to mm. freight units. And the idea is if you have scenarios where you consolidate freight units on pallets, and really this pallet has then its own kind of life cycle, so it has its own planning. Uh, it has consolidation, deconsolidation, <coughs> separate stages, and maybe come to that later if we talk about the uh, uh, scenarios where <coughs> this TU spends multiple stages. It's a it's an object that can span all or some stages of a freight unit, and it's really the f yeah physical or the digital twin of that physical pallet on that journey. It has some specifics. Maybe come to that. Um, in a separate episode, for example, you can assign uh, freight units to multiple package units, at least temporarily, and even longer. Yeah, you can do that now because we want, yeah, we come to that later. Why is that relevant? But that is a specific thing. And we also introduced uh, something called the sub stops because we have a pallet. The stuff on a pallet definitely needs to be delivered with one stage or with one journey, so to say. So in that case, the semantic of a stage is fulfilled that I kind of deliver that in, in one go. I assign it to one truck. So it's not a multiple stages that would use for cross talking, but it's one stage, but with different target locations. So if I have a package unit with, with cargo for, let's say, 10 customers on it, then what I know from the package unit is that I have one stage where I have to go to 10 different customers. But the sequence, that's uh, totally a, a VSR freight order uh, domain, so to say. And that's why we introduced a new concept, uh, substops, where you can define a list of stops without a certain sequence as a, in the first place, as a target uh, of such a package. And for the moment, it's also restricted. For delivery to only for at, delivery for the only, time. Okay, the, so no pickup. Okay. Uh, we prepared it internally also for pickup, of course, but. Uh, we hold our horses to focus on 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 the that's as a real that for the distribution scenario where we we are sure that it's needed, mm -hmm. um, but I think that we can dive into the details of those mm -hmm. specifics. Also, what does it mean for delivery creation, etc. Maybe in a separate episode. Okay, so whoop, sure. switching tables again. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's the package unit. So as a result of freight unit building, we can either have, yeah, maybe also then package units, which are really directly built by the, mm -hmm. the freight unit builder, freight units, which are like a pallet, or we could have freight units with an estimated uh, consumption. And uh, subsequently, we could also have already dedicated package units for that uh, separate customer uh, scenario as right. an input. Okay. Right. And this would then be the input mm -hmm. for either the manual or automatic planning. Mm -hmm. Um, so freight units and package units can both be combined in 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 such a run, mm -hmm. and then the result is uh, let's say a freight capacity document mm -hmm. or a road uh, freight order, for example. Um, having yeah all of those freight units or package units or combined both uh, assigned mm -hmm. so you can see in the simplest case uh, let's say you are in a consolidation only scenario you only have then freight units assigned that still contain unpackaged items mm -hmm. um, and then comes the next process step where you can execute and this can be done either automatically after the VSR using the right uh, planning strategy or manually triggered the consolidation package building where the package builder is called and then trying to 
package all of those items. And mm. then locally in the capacity document, this packaging information is persisted. And you can see how the pellets look like. You get all of the information like you would have assigned a freight unit already containing the packaging information. Mm -hmm. So there is no, uh, no change for this. And then as a final step, if you require that in your business scenario, you can execute the load planning and position the mm -hmm. top level items. What in, in that example would be pellets into the resource or into the truck in this case. Okay, and locally, locally stored means package items uh, in, in that case, so it's not mm -hmm. creating a package unit immediately? Not at that mm -hmm. stage. Okay, yes. so you you, are, you have based on, on VSR or manual planning or however you have a freight document or a trailer document even, for that you run the load planning, so it takes all the cargo which is uh, on that uh, document and package applies. Building. Package, package builder, sorry, package yeah. builder class, yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, then it creates package items uh, mm -hmm. in the first step, and then and I, important mm -hmm. in the in, in mm -hmm. a scenario where you already have package units assigned mm -hmm. to the very same capacity document, the consolidation package building completely ignores those because they already represent real mm -hmm. pallets where you have decided in your process before um, this is it, so okay. there is no consolidation potential. Okay. Nice. Okay, so maybe we can then come to the, uh, let's say, the new tricks the package builder learned on how to yeah. build those so package in, items. Yeah. So in the beginning, I said uh, there are two major pieces. Now we have talked about the new processes and the new consumer. Um, and the second yeah, key piece of the development was to make the package builder optimizer, how I would like to call it, more physical. So in the past, uh, we have been very rule-based. So uh, you had a rule that 100 pieces make of this product make a full pallet, that 10 pieces make a full layer. Then you had some consolidation between those layers to create uh, mixed product pallets. Mm. And for the rest, uh, so for all quantities in that example below the layer quantity, so maybe eight, uh, we applied uh, either a surface filling uh, consolidation or simple volume sum up consolidation mm -hmm. and uh, we figured out that coming closer to such low volume uh, scenarios that we really need to know where the stuff is and Philippe for sure can talk a mm -hmm. little bit about the optimizer. Right, so um, I had the, the luck to be able to spend some months uh, inside the optimizer team as part of a fellowship and uh, learn a little bit of the insights. Uh, for sure it's uh, still a very complicated matter But um, for my part, when returning mm -hmm. to uh, our team, it was um, a really good uh, knowledge to apply also to um, integrate the optimizer mm -hmm. into our process. So I um, followed, of course, Marcus's lead to uh, implement the, the interface. Uh, and um, I mean, you need to, of course, consider that the optimizer in itself is, a, is an engine that uh, works um, for itself alone. So. Um, it does not depend once called on uh, reading further input from outside, but it, it subsists, uh, similar to the, the package builder, on the inputs that it was given. So uh, from that point, it was rather uh, not so complicated to map what we had uh, in the package builder mm -hmm. into the input that is expected by the um, optimizer. 
Um, of course, we needed to provide also some uh, constraints definitions because the optimizer um, needs to know some um, further information before it can solve such a problem. We are talking about um, having some physical objects which have uh, certain properties such as uh, dimensions and, and mass uh, And to put them into um, a capacity document or a, cont or a container. And um, this is not a trivial problem to solve. And uh, whatever uh, further help the optimizer can get to mm -hmm. drill or to, to uh, focus down the, the problem is a welcome help. And, and from us, from uh, the package builder perspective, um, we actually do provide several of those constraints to make it also easier for the optimizer to to get to um, an acceptable result and um, you. yeah so and one of those constraints um, can be for example how the um, how these objects need to be uh, stacked for example if we pass to the to this optimizer uh, one product uh, a and one product b mm -hmm. we can also tell the optimizer please do not stack b on top of a mm -hmm. but a on top of b is Is permissible, so the results will uh, will respect those kinds of constraints. Um, that leads me to a question: So, if I would have that kind of that stacking constraint, uh, it sounds like there would be a lot of them, and maybe there are a lot of similarities, right? So, would I, I don't know if I have different kind of uh, sodas, mm -hmm. uh, for example, maybe for for a stacking uh, perspective, it's all the same. Would I then have for all kind of different products? the same properties would i then kind of maintain them independently so product right. a not on product b product a1 not on product b right so you mentioned mm -hmm. now there's something um, which we have um, solved um, by defining a so-called um, product hierarchy right mm -hmm. or reference product hierarchy which also affects how the package builder uh, works internally marcus will surely uh, elaborate on this um, but uh, for the optimizer um, it only knows what is coming in as as the, the demand item mm -hmm. as they call mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. and furthermore we can define so-called groups so we can say for example demand a mm -hmm. belongs to group a so in, in your case it could be a small cans mm -hmm. belong to uh, or this can belongs to the group of small okay. cans okay. and this other can belongs to the group of large cans mm -hmm. just to name a, okay. a, a product and um the optimizer would then um, also consider the this grouping definitions mm -hmm. and the stacking can also be defined on those groups so um, this means that for the um, maintenance of the master data um, of the um, package builder um, the customer would not need to define such stacking relationship on on the particular products but uh, if they have a smart way of of creating this group hierarchy then they would uh, do uh, need to do a lot less of, of maintenance can a product be in multiple groups or is it uh, it's in one group so you have to think about uh, a meaningful grouping right. first uh, in terms of stacking okay you may already mentioned uh, so a stacking constraint are there other uh, constraints that the optimizer uh, would like to know right. and uh, considers then um, uh, yes, the another constraint is an incompatibility constraint. Mm -hmm. So we uh, reuse there the concept that is used also for load planning to define incompatibilities between two products, for example, or uh, to say it better, the optimizer reuses that concept. So what we give as, as input information to the optimizer is that uh, this group or this 
demand uh, is incompatible with this other demand. In our mm -hmm. case, we could say that the uh, small cans are incompatible with the large cans, mm -hmm. and so as a result, the output would not be, uh, they would not be put into the same uh, capacity or pallet. Mm -hmm. I have one more hmm? that is uh, very easy to understand, is the question, can I turn or tilt a product? So when I put it onto the pallet, so is it allowed uh, um, from a product orientation point of view to put it onto the pallet and turn it, mm -hmm. so depending on how you package your uh, items onto a pallet from a business perspective, it might not be allowed. The tilting, I think, is more obvious. There are obviously some products, if you tilt them, uh, then the content of, of that, uh, I mean, Tilt oh, once only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. from a physical point of view, this is uh, very mm -hmm. obvious that the optimizer needs to support this. And for the maintenance of the of these uh, rotational definitions, we also have, uh, I think, the first maintenance view that uh, incorporates pictures because uh, it's rather hard to describe uh, what how mm -hmm. the product is rotated without uh, resorting to images. So that's also a, a new one for us. Also. Yeah, it's, yeah ah. that's right. Cool. Yeah, and, and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and one step forward here is now that after we have passed all of those informations, mm -hmm. so what means getting physical? Mm -hmm. Getting physical means that the optimizer is capable to determine for each piece of each product the exact position on the pallet, so defined by coordinates, mm -hmm. and how it is orientated. Mm -hmm. So uh, we use this information then for a visualization mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. the planner can immediately see how does my mixed palette look like. Mm -hmm. But also in the uh, outbound message, we provide this information determined by the optimizer to the warehouse. Mm -hmm. And now for the very first time, you can actually say that the package builder creates a yeah, load plan for a mixed palette before what it did was only it said those products are somehow mm -hmm. on a mixed palette and either you were forced to have an additional component determining mm -hmm. this or the picker and packer would have done this in the warehouse but now for the very first time we have exact positions and you can imagine that you hand this out to the picker or packer or even go into scenarios where do kind of automated packing with robots, even if uh -huh. this is a little bit in the future but mm. there are already uh, some customers trying prototypes out here so this is really getting physical and including so also the, the loading sequence mm. which is also part of, of the yeah i think there's also this nice ar app okay that's not delivered so you shouldn't talk about another, that one yeah we yeah, see that uh, even we have some Uh, playground here. Okay, so maybe uh, regarding constraints, mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. some fancy ones that the optimizer um, is um, also um, supporting, like definition of overhang. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I have a product um, that would fit on the pallet if it were allowed to go a little bit over the edge of the underlying products. So we are able also to, to give a tolerance on that. Mm -hmm. And there are other rules that, that can be defined and the um, optimizer um, um, colleagues um, are working on providing such rules. 
Um, and for our side, I mean, we have um, provided a definition possibility for these rules in our um, profile. But if a customer wants to get a little bit more down with these fancy possibilities, they can uh, always uh, adapt the input in, in a body that we provide to the okay. optimizer. Okay. But I think maybe that's all the optimizer specifics yes, are even yes, worse a separate episode on, on I think you already talked about let's say make it easier for the picker later, most likely there's also rules that mm -hmm. make it easier for the picker somehow, mm -hmm. etc. Or maybe we can leave that for a separate episode or other source. Okay. Yeah, but so, one thing mm -hmm. I wanted to, yeah. to add, uh, really because this is mm -hmm. important, to get physical in the package builder, um, a lot more master data is required. And what you have asked, so do I really need to maintain this per product is one important step forward that we have done all of those developments really under the goal of minimizing the maintenance for the master data because we know that a lot of customers already struggle with their master data mm. now we put in many new fields we mm. put in relations between products and we are aware that the package builder needs to work on a minimal set of definitions required therefore we have introduced those reference products you can structure them hierarchically there is sufficient information out there how to do this and then you really need to maintain all of the definitions on the right level of course this requires some knowledge to pick the right level but really we from our understanding we think that only things like dimension and weight that you anyway need and multiple mm. spots mm -hmm. in the process need to be on the product master mm. data. And then from a package building perspective, almost anything can be handled on a higher level. Okay. More abstract on, on this groups, for example. And maybe in, in a very simple, in the simplest case, even that would not require, if I can just stack everything on everything. Yeah. Correct. And just have Correct. weight limitation on pellets, then yeah. basically would need no master data. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Sounds good. Where possible, we also try to implement defaults. Just so, so, for example, for the rotation, if nothing is defined, then uh, we define a, a simple rotation uh, for um, rot uh, like straight and uh, rotated that can be considered by the optimizer. Yeah. Okay. Good. I think that's enough. Maybe for the mm -hmm. uh, let's say for the optimization part. So as I understood, considering all that constraints, we would have then package items. Uh, in uh, in the freight order, freight booking, trailer unit. Um, maybe that's also yeah, one process, but maybe it's something that we can just ma briefly mention here is to what we call ex um, kind of extract that uh, packages. So if that the freight units on that, um, so or let's just take it other way around. So if it's just one stage, the freight unit goes from a to customer and another one from A to another customer, then uh, the package units would be fine. Uh, sorry, the package items would be fine, right? So it's just in the freight order. I can send that to the warehouse. Yeah. I'm so if you have a local mm -hmm. distribution tour, you're mm -hmm. already done after the VSR has created the road freight order. You have run the consolidation package building. Then actually you're the done. planning for this is done. But as soon as you're in a scenario where you require Uh, let's say a long haul transportation from your factory into the region there you have the distribution hub where your delivery tour starts so mm. the long haul is executed with a very very big truck to mm. 
minimize the freight costs here and then you uh, transport this to the hub and there you start the delivery tour with actually reloading the stuff onto um, yeah, multiple smaller trucks mm -hmm. uh, to do to enable that planning for the first stage for the long haul mm -hmm. uh, you of course want to Wa pallet, want your yeah. pallets to stay stable mm -hmm. and this is actually the process step where you then say I have planned my delivery tour because in this process this is leading for me mm -hmm. now I'm done so I'm as a planner I think this delivery tour is okay mm -hmm. now I want to enable the line haul planner to do his job this is the moment when you say I extract the package unit to mm -hmm. keep the palletization information stable Mm -hmm. And then as a result of extract, you have then a package unit where the second stage, what would be the mm -hmm. delivery stage, is already planned. And the first stage for the long haul is still unplanned. And the line haul planner can now, he now sees the pallet and he uh, actually doesn't care about pallet building any longer. But he, his task is to pick the right resource for the set of pallets that he receives mm -hmm. and then assign it uh, and load plan it, of course. Okay. You mentioned the term consolidation package building. That is the process of calling the package building from the freight documents, right? Ah, okay. Okay. So as a result now, if after that extraction, I would have uh, package, package units, units. Uh, with one stage kind of assigned to the delivery part and um, the rest is then up to the planner. Where would the other stages come from? So what is the basis of uh, those uh, stages? It's apply a default route. So if you receive the order, mm -hmm. uh, you know where your yeah, where your mm -hmm. factory is. You know where your customer is. If mm -hmm. it's a local distribution, there will no be intermediate stop. But if you apply a default route to the freight units, it uh, automatically mm -hmm. inserts that local uh, regional hub there. Okay. So you would have freight unit with multiple stages. And then uh, if you extract the package unit uh, or in the process of extracting the package unit, it would check, okay, I have this five freight units here. Where What, what is the common path of, of them? And I think as soon as, well, if they deviate somewhere, it, it stops. Mm -hmm. But let's say as long as they have uh, a common routing, that is the defaulting for, for the package unit stages then, right? Okay. The delivery stage would be planned and then mm. the other, the first, the line haul stage would then be unplanned and would be available for the line haul planner. Okay. If I did a mistake, can I also revert that back or is that once the package unit is there, uh, should, should be possible? After right? saving, yes, we have a, a nice feature button called cancel and merge. So you yeah, can, but, but to mm, be very mm. precise, so if you assign to the delivery tour after you have done the consolidation package building and the extraction of the package uh, unit, another freight unit, mm. you can still run the consolidation package building, but it will not add that uh, cargo to existing pallets because the package unit represents finalized pallets, mm. but you can still have something like an add-on process. So there are customers, uh, they initially plan, let's say, out of 10 pallet spots, only nine mm. because they know 30 minutes before the truck leaves, mm. there will be some emergency stuff and you can still add it. Uh, and the reason why they have done the consolidation package building before is actually the warehouse communication before. Okay. That you yeah, have that information earlier. Okay, I think from a high-level perspective, uh, that sounds 
pretty reasonable. I would have uh, maybe two or three more questions. So mm -hmm. one thing uh, would be so if I would be a customer, I would definitely want to buy this. Uh, so how can I get it? What are the releases or support packages or uh, ways of, of getting uh, this fancy um, package building functionalities? And for the standalone TM, it's uh, 9.6. 9.6 um, with a certain support package or notes or the highest the highest possible the highest of course possible. is yeah. I think there is a, it's a pretty agile uh, re support release so uh, to say right I mean we, if uh, we recommend the customers to go to SP2 directly mm. um, otherwise I mean they can implement uh, notes to get it up to state but um, unfortunately there are quite a, a, a lot of, of notes so I mean, in one way, it's unfortunate, but that, that is because it's features uh, which has been added, correct. right? It's not yeah, yeah, because it's the package builder was so buggy, correct, but it's correct. added, learned new tricks and feature packs. And That's correct. Mm, okay. Hmm. And for S4, um, 18.09 had some features starting, but the fully supported uh, feature stack is, is from available from S4, 19.09. Which is coming soon. It is coming soon. It's definitely coming soon, yeah. Okay. Um, if I uh, want to learn more, or there is maybe one more question I would have, it sounds like the setup is uh, uh, quite, um, let's say, there are many aspects uh, which can influence uh, uh, the package building, and would I, how would I kind of test my master data, Is would I build, like say, example, Uh, freight orders and check the results there or is there more fancy ways of uh, of t or kind of checking my setup and seeing what the package building would do as I know you I would expect something that's a good question I can uh, maybe answer this um, even though uh, most of the work has been done of course by, by Markus and uh, also Matthias who is not here um, uh, there is this excellent uh, tool called the um, package builder test report um, which actually does exactly that. It uh, from a perspective only from core package builder, mm -hmm. without uh, considering um, any TM um, uh, definitions. It uh, for a set of products and a particular package building profile. It shows you what the packaging uh, would look like for those mm -hmm. products. Mm -hmm. And um, lately, it has been enhanced even more, and it has made. Even it has been made even more excellent by uh, supporting also features like uh, drilling down into the product master data or showing the uh, reference uh, product hierarchy. Because um, I mean, we have already customers which have uh, quite a complex hierarchy, uh, which is very difficult to not only to maintain but also just to visualize. And uh, this tool does a very good job at that. It also has uh, already very good uh, feedback. And of course, the mass maintenance is also an aspect. So for example, it makes it possible to, uh, for a set of products, uh, to maintain the reference product yeah. so at can, once. You can not only kind of check the results, but it's like check and correct in the same place. So yeah. kind of a mixed report. Okay, cool. right. it's mm. a mixed report. It, is, it was done initially as a test report, but due to also customer feedback, it has been uh, augmented in some ways. But I mean, yeah. basically, the idea here is that. Uh, On the application side, consuming the package builder, a lot of complexity is happening. 
in the package builder, a lot of complexity is happening. Mm. So the first thing, if something goes wrong, is always to figure out where does it go wrong. So uh, if you add the items that are in the application business document uh, into the test report and it comes out correctly uh, and the palette looks like you would have expected mm. it, you can be almost 100% sure that the package builder is not the root cause. So it might be the item update or something on the application side. So and it will help up, uh, help definitely to speed up the processing of uh, incidents, mm -hmm. uh, but also to get a better understanding of where the complexity comes from. So especially when you set up such a scenario, you should always start very easy. So very often I receive emails, I have this product set, 10 products, uh, different quantities. And then my goal is always to reduce the number of products and the quantities that are required to actually reproduce the error. And very often you can already reproduce some of the errors using simply one product. Mm -hmm. So this is always also uh, when you as a consultant build up a scenario that you mm -hmm. want to uh, show for a demo, always start easy and then you immediately know the process step or the, the, when you add complexity, when does it go wrong? So you still have a stable core, then I add maybe a third product, uh, something doesn't work, mm -hmm. then you immediately know with two products it did work, so it will always help to get a better understanding to where to look at, so some master data is corrupt, uh, some setting is missing, uh, so why uh, does it not consolidate? Mm -hmm. So the test report is basically the tool to bring everything from a core package builder together to have one spot to look at so you can run the package builder you can go into the master data you get information about the package type assignment because we are aware that the definitions are complex and we want to make it as easy as possible and initially you created it for um, internal purposes yeah correct and uh, in time it was then i was so annoyed to go into the <laughs> business documents and <laughs> debug down so i said i need a test report thank you <laughs> <laughs> okay um Good. Um, so it's available with 9.6 and uh, as high uh, in terms of support package as possible. It will become available with 19.09. I think most likely SP0 already has most of it uh, uh, included. Maybe things may add, maybe added with feature packs later as well. Okay, so maybe one last question. Uh, if I want to learn more about it, of course, there's the online documentation. Uh, but as you are Markus, uh, I think there is uh, <laughs> also other uh, sources of information where, where you, so where would I look for yeah. Um, yeah, more so details? So in the SAP community, which is also accessible from the LinkedIn transportation management group that I can only recommend to regularly check, there's a series of blog posts explaining all of the details. So uh, it also starts like this podcast with mm -hmm. an overview of mm -hmm. what we have done and then it will down into the details uh, one thing i also want to add um, because we have now focused a lot of on the transportation management aspect mm. all of the new functionality of the package builder optimizer is of course in the s4 then also available uh, for the other consumers mm -hmm. so it's not uh, tied to the transportation management it of course depends on the using application what it does with the mm. additional information and the additional functionality for the NEDB standalone version uh, there is uh, no new uh, extended warehouse management release available so on this side it's not possible um, to already leverage the functionality 
Uh, but in the S4, hmm. again, we try to keep the package builder as consistent and as reusable as possible. So that one that we did say directionally, we can also see that we kind of integrate it with the freight unit into, let's say, already sales order capturing or something. Okay, that's an outlook, but I think that yeah. shows the direction and also the power of us going into the suite back home. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Uh, there is uh, one last uh, housekeeping term I want to uh, say. That's, that's, so there was one of our listeners donated uh, of phonic processing time quite a lot. So we have to record quite some recordings. want to say wow. thank you for Great. that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, thank 50 you. hours of uh, processing time. So wow. we have to keep uh, <coughs> up uh, with, with that. Thanks a lot. Seven uh, Enough. So uh, <laughs> for the uh, coming episodes and um, now we also have to thank our management here so we have new uh, uh, setup uh, new hardware so it should sound better content is still the same even better voices yeah so now we have a more setup and i hope that we now can kind of revitalize our podcast so that we more frequently uh, uh record new sessions so yeah i'm looking forward to the next sessions sounds yeah. great so yeah. i think we can deep dive into optimizer things also the load consumption quantity package unit specific so a lot more to come we can't even develop anymore just record about <laughs> <laughs> yeah we <laughs> have to get back there. now okay so thanks a lot uh, and thank uh, you Bent. Yeah, and uh, everybody on, on the phones, uh, phones here yeah, on the uh, uh, receiving devices, uh, enjoy package building, look into it. It's uh, it's a great tool. We developed it also together with a customer with very special requirements and very deep uh, analysis of our results. So it should add value to uh, a lot of uh, other customers as well. So now it's your turn running it. Bye. Bye-bye.